Uh, grace and peace. Uh, my name is Brian Davis, and you're listening to Reclamation Worship. Well, as Brian said, you are listening to Reclamation Worship, the podcast devoted to reclaiming a biblical view of worship for the church. My name is Jason Allen. I'm your host. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this special Christmas edition of Reclamation Worship. I typically will alternate interviews with the readings from J.C. Ryle's Thoughts for Young Men. And so I thought uh, I would jump the gun and rather than having a regularly scheduled J.C. Ryle Thoughts for Young Men reading this week, I thought because of the subject matter, uh, I would take this opportunity to post this interview that I had with Brian Davis. Brian is a dear brother in the Lord. He is a pastor in Philadelphia and um, former rapper, God's servant. You're going to hear a little bit more about that in the interview. And I will link to his uh, album on Spotify. He's got a Christmas album on Spotify. So I want to uh, invite you to listen to that uh, leading up to Christmas Day. So we're talking about joy and what better opportunity than Christmas to uh, to have a conversation on the joy of the Lord. And so uh, I hope you enjoy this interview. I hope you enjoy this episode of Reclamation Worship. As always, the show notes will be available at reclamationworship.com. So you will find all of the links uh, that are mentioned in this episode. Again, head on over to reclamationworship.com and look at Brian's show notes as well as show notes for all of the other interviews that have been recorded and are housed at reclamationworship.com. All right, well, let's head on over to the interview. Brian Davis, how are you, brother? What up? Hey, man. So uh, <laughs> you are former rapper, hip-hop artist. Is that Bringing up the secret tapes. <laughs> we we got to go there, man. We got to hey, go. Hey, man. So um, do, you, do you still rap? When you say do I still rap, you mean do I still like write new songs? Yeah, yeah. No, I do not. Okay, all right. That's the old me. I hung that up, man. So that that's gone forever? Or? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we don't know what the Lord has for us all. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, rap was always just in another avenue for preaching. Uh, it was always about proclamation and its usefulness was always tethered to its ability to transport biblical truth and be a context for worship. And so for me, the natural expiration or kind of the trajectory of it to where it was supposed to land was always kind of in a pulpit regularly or in the life of the local church. That was always kind of the, the muscle that was being flexed was always the preacher muscle. For me, that's what I found the most joy. And it wasn't primarily the musician one. The artist side doesn't go away. Uh, it just changes uh, in terms of where, how you can apply it. But to me, the once the opportunity to play at the church came, it I found that it's so satisfied and quenched that longing. Wow. Um, and to me, rooted it in a more meaningful trajectory uh, to where you're not just putting out kind of random things, but you have a people you're able to invest in and labor with and strive for. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that it kind of was the natural next step for me. That's great. 
your own Spotify, you, you still have uh, a presence out there. So I didn't know that, man. I yeah, was, man, you, I you are. I've been enjoying it. And, and I, I will link to that in the show notes. So uh, wow. we'll try to resurrect this, this, uh, this hip hop career. Just complete side. One of the funnest things I got to work on was, is the Christmas project still up there? It is. I've been enjoying yeah. it, man. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things I got to work on. Um, that was, uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed. That's I just great. enjoy Christmas music. I'm just yeah. doing this because I don't know when this is releasing. This is December right now. That's all yeah. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I've been listening to Christmas music all day. <laughs> uh, right. But um, it's always been one of my favorite like genres of music. So that was a particular uh, joy. Mm. Uh, I'm blending the two categories. See what I did there? That, I do. Uh, I that do, was yeah, a particular man. joy to, to to work on and be a part of. Yeah. Well, and and I'm going to try to release this before Christmas uh, because of the topic that we're talking about today. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, hopefully some folks will have an opportunity to listen to that. Uh, and, and look, I, um, I know you don't know this about me, but uh, I, you and I have something in common because back in high school, Oh, you suspect I did, man. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so, so my handle was uh, sleepy piece, the third sleepy and, uh, piece. Yeah. The third. Yeah. I, there, there were two that went before me. So, um, hold up. You used to drop bars. Yeah, man. It, it was a short career, but, uh, but there's, there's actually, um, there's a video on YouTube and I might link to that in the show notes. Oh, you got to so. link. If you link into people's yeah. former lives, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you got to be consistent. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We were yeah. terrible, but, uh, yeah. but this was back. Have you ever, do you remember, uh, preachers in disguise PID? Uh, okay. Yeah. This was old stuff. So, um, yeah. So three live Christians, that was, uh, that was our name. Wow. So, three live Christians. Yeah. yeah as opposed was, to three dead ones. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was a mess. So, yeah. uh, okay. The secrets are coming out. That's right. That's right. So that's just, up, just trying to find commonality here. And, no, uh, <laughs> I figured that, man. Sleepy piece, the third. You got it. Yeah. Right. So, that's um, your new, that's your new joint. Yeah. That's right. So if, my, if you ever want to collaborate, you know, <laughs> we, we can get together. So, uh, yeah. Hey Brian. So thanks so much for joining me on reclamation and worship. Thanks Tell us about yourself. Um, tell us about your, your family, uh, what you're doing how the Lord saved you. I would love to hear that, that information. Yeah. So even as you were referring to kind of old, maybe Christian hip hop acts, you know, I didn't, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I didn't have a, I don't have a, uh, a long-term acquaintance with uh, the gospel. Um, I was born and raised in Detroit again, not in a a Christian home at all. Um, But culturally, Everybody was kind of churched. And okay. so, you know, you go to church, you know, your grandmama or, you know, aunts and uncles, that side of my family was very religious. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, you grow up just having defaults of spiritual affiliation, but it not meaning anything. Mm-hmm. So it would have you know, said I was a Christian. Uh, by the time I got into high school, though, that kind of fell off. And it was, you know, the intellectually respectable thing to do was to be anti-Christian or, you know, to refute the Bible. It's filled with errors, filled with lies. Men wrote it. You ain't never read it before, but you got all these, you know, arguments about it. Right. And, uh, you know, that's how it was for me. And so I used to, you know, I always liked uh, playing the devil's advocate, always been contrarian. Uh, and so that spilled over into religious conversations of any kind. So, mm. 
But it wasn't until I was about 18 to where I had just kind of went through a lot of aimlessness in my life, a lot of circles, and was spiraling uh, just to nowhere very fast. And I was in Detroit one day, um, and it, it, it sparked from a conversation I was having with my, my, my father, and uh, he just uh, basically insisted I didn't know what a Christian was and that Christians were just people who believed in Jesus. And I remember thinking that answer was just too small mm-hmm. for the Bible to be so big. Mm. And so I thought, oh, well, he's, he's just one of these religious people. He doesn't know the Bible. But then I got frustrated because I couldn't argue with him. So I was like, okay, let me read the Bible so that I will better be better equipped to contradict it. Because wow. I just figured most, I didn't know many people who knew the Bible that well. So I started reading the Bible and it was one of them old like plastic leather joints where it looks like <laughs> leather, but <laughs> upon further investigation, it was just a thick slice of plastic. Right. Um, I started reading one of those um, and I was just riveted. Like I was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Like I was reading every single day. I'm still smoking weed at this time. Okay. So I'm getting high and reading the word. I get to numbers. I get super lost. I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. I'm like, okay, I knew Jesus was in the New Testament. I said, let me let me jump to the New Testament. Maybe that will help me understand the rest. Hey, and right, right. So I get to I go to Matthew, and it's in reading the Gospel of Matthew. I believe I was converted. Wow. Um, I was just reading it, and I remember it was midway through. It wasn't a particular verse. I just remember when it hit me. I was no longer reading as a skeptic, mm. but I was reading as someone who believed what he was reading. Uh, wow. Uh, that it was history. Uh, I was just getting rocked off of the God man. Wow. And so I was in uh, the basement in Detroit having a conversation with some family one day, and we were talking about why urban America's in the state that it's in. And somebody just says, because people don't love the Lord. And um, someone said, what do you mean? There's churches everywhere. And uh, this individual just said, no, people say they love the Lord, but they don't actually give their lives to him. And for whatever reason, that joint just made everything make sense. Because mm-hmm. I was reading in you know, Matthew's call to do something based on how you find Jesus. Like his self-disclosure requires you to follow him. And I just kind of zoned out of the combo at that time. And I started making this itemized list in my mind of was Jesus worth giving up wow. to follow, wow. knowing that that's exactly what he requires. And some of that stuff was fine things. Some of that stuff was explicitly sinful. But I was just going through a list of things and uh, just, yeah, by God's grace, just the doing the math right for the first time that he's worthy of everything. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> you sell all that you have to acquire the field in your joy. Right. Uh, right. And so, yeah, I got, I was, I remember when the conversation ended, I remember where everybody left. I just remember I was in the basement by myself and I got on the floor just because it seemed like the appropriate thing to do. Mm. And, uh, I just called on the Lord to save me and said, I will follow you forever. And then, um, <laughs> and then I just stood back up. <laughs> and uh, um, went to bed. Uh, and I tell everybody it, it was like a baptism of sleep because I, I remember I just went to bed and I just remember I just woke up just new. I just wow. was very new and praise God. The Lord ever since. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So how old were you when that happened? This was 18. It was a few months before I was, I was turning 19. Wow. Yeah, so this would have been 14 years ago. Okay. All right. So take me from Detroit to Philadelphia, where you are now. Yeah, man. So I moved back to Arizona. Um, just, I was lost. Do, like, I wasn't lost in the Lord at this point. I was just Amen. lost in life. Yeah. Uh, so I moved back to Arizona, just kind of recircling familiar territory. 
and um, got became members of kind of my first churches during that course of uh, time. I made a little pit stop in Florida on my way to Arizona. I was just looking for somewhere to post up, trying to find out what's life for me like now. Yeah. Um, at those two churches, neither one of them were good churches. Okay. Uh, at the first church, though, I met a Bible study teacher named Alan Bond. And he he was like, this is like the first church I've become a part of. This is where I got baptized at. And he was just a dope Bible study teacher. He was talking wow. about the parables, actually. And he was he was teaching about keeping them in context, just the importance of context. And he wasn't a, he was, he was very intelligent, but he wasn't like, he wouldn't consider himself a theologian. He was just like, just love the mm. word of God, mm. which of course makes him a, a good theologian. That's right. Um, but he wasn't, he didn't have terms like hermeneutics or exegete. Like he wasn't coming at us with that. It was just, Hey, mm. there's a context and you got to appreciate where it was said at so that wow. it, you can write. And that just blew my mind. Cause I had never heard anybody treat the Bible that way. Wow. So he's the one who actually acquainted me with carefulness with the Bible, the depth of the word of God and how deviating from that can get you into a whole lot of danger. And I was really, I'm really thankful for that because the Lord really used that to preserve me in different seasons. I go to my next church in Arizona and it's basically a word of faith church. I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know that there was different kinds of churches, but I'm there, I'm there for a few years and I'm starting to notice a lot of the sound content I'm getting is from the music I'm listening to. I've been listening to cross movement, you know, Christology and layman's terms. And it's just all about Jesus. And yeah, I'm just assuming it's the same everywhere you go. But wow. after being at this church, I'm noticing how come when the preacher is preaching, I don't know what he's talking about or where he got it from. Mm. Or when they're touching people and they're falling all over the place, I don't know where that's at in the Bible. But I didn't, they didn't start as antagonistic questions. They just yeah. started as, dang, I don't know the Bible that well. Mm. Well, I went to find some more of this music just because it was so edifying to me. And on this guy's website, he had this little section of sermons. Now, this is before podcasting. This is before... This was like a thing. Yeah. Um, this was back with like Winamp. Like okay. you had to um, burn the CD, like, you know, yourself. And so right. he had three sermons online. Uh, this dude's name was uh, William Branch. Uh, uh, his rap, he, rap name, we went by the ambassador. And yeah. when I heard him preach, I was like, yo. So he was a dope rapper, but he was a doper preacher. Mm. And I was like, yo, I've never heard someone treat the Bible this way. Because when he taught, it was all about Jesus. It was all about the passage. It was in context. And it was like this muscular version of what the Bible study teacher was talking about, where wow. it was like, and it was blowing my mind. I said, oh, <laughs> this is how you do it. Well, that started to naturally produce in me like, hold up. So what is this that I'm getting? Mm. So I started having conversations. My pastor, he, he understood himself to be an apostle at the time. And like, hey, why are we doing this? How come when you you know, why are people falling over? Where's this at? And he used to try to give me these other books. And I was like, nah, nah, nah. I really want to know from the word. Mm, right. Mm. Cause I had been like etched into my conscience from, uh, my brother, Alan Bond. Yeah. I was like, I need you to show me from this word. And they couldn't. Wow. So that just produced a lot of distrust. Um, and then that produced more questions. And then they got kind of, I think frustrated with me. They said, Hey, you need to go to Bible college. And I was like, yo, there's Bible colleges. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> They said, yeah. I said, hold up. You can go to school and just learn about the Bible? And they said, yeah. I said, I definitely want to do that. So, Because at this time, I just didn't care about anything. Like, it was just, I just wanted to know the word. Right, so, right. Um, 
long story short, going through all the schools, I get accepted to Lancaster Bible College, which is right. It's it's, it's about an hour and a half outside of Philly. It's okay. in PA, and it's the reason is because it's the only school that took rolling admissions. Side note. Okay. My beef with Bible colleges is they benefit all the people who grow up saved, right? So right. it's like if your dad's a pastor, you get half off tuition. Yeah, what happens if you're the weed head who got converted though? Uh, Amen. Yeah. Like I graduated high school as a Christmas gift. Like right. my teacher literally <laughs> gave me a passing grade as a Christmas gift. I used to come to class and sleep, but it wasn't because I was stupid or I couldn't do the work. It was I just didn't care. Right. But then I got saved, and I was like, "Yo!" Like, mm. so wanting to think through just redemptively, what does it look like to to process that? Because I was going to Bible college. How come all the, the pastors' kids get the half off tuition? Right. I, don't, I don't get half off tuition. I was like, I don't have any Christian family. Like, right. no right. one wants to support me being here. <laughs> uh, that does seem so, backwards. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. So I go up there and uh, I, I just hated it. Uh, nothing about the school, like at all. I just wasn't mature. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. I thought it was going to be the place where Elohim dwelled. Like I just had made up this. Sure. Like it was going to be so much like heaven and nothing can succeed when you're doing that. But I wasn't, I wasn't coming for school either. Like I didn't care about school for real, for real. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to learn the word. So I get to school. And I'm just like, it wasn't for me, like, at all. Um, uh, I had been out of school for a few years. The, when I was in school, again, I wasn't doing school like that. So it was just, <laughs> it was a lot happening right now. <laughs> and so I got there, and I just, I just hated that season of life. So, um, but a crew of us would go to Philadelphia on Sundays because a church plant had just started in North Philly. Okay. Um, uh, and so... We had, there was like maybe 10 or 12 of us. We would all go We and uh, we would fellowship. And when I saw that church, it was the church that the ambassador had helped to plant. Okay. Because uh, I had looked on his website one day, like, I want some more sermons. And it said, yo, we're planting a church. I said, what? <laughs> and this is in Philly. I'm in, like, this is great. Uh, right. And so we used to go and it was just, it was just a breathtaking experience. Uh, I feel like the Lord was really just pouring out. Uh, revival like grace uh, in that era and just people were coming to the Lord and people were coming from all over just to this work. And it really what became clear at that point was what I'm looking for is not a Bible college. I'm looking for a church. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I I just want to be a member of a church. Right. (laughs) And uh, that could have saved a whole lot of people a headache (laughs) and a whole lot of money. If uh, somebody would just say, no, 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 you're just looking for a, a healthy church. Wow. And so, I ended up moving to Philadelphia just to be a member of this church. Mm. You know, I came to the conclusion, you know, people move for all kinds of reasons. There's no better reason to move anywhere than just to, you know, for the sake of your soul and where you're going to be at. And so Mm. I moved to Philly just to join a church. And uh, that's how I got to Philly. This would have been, this is 2006. Uh, So this is going to be, oh, wait. So 2006, I keep not moving the needle forward, huh? 2006, (laughs) that means he's 13 years. It's going to be 14 years. That means I would have got saved uh, 2004. Okay. So two years before that. So whenever, I, however old, old that was then. Sure, uh, sure. But I got to Philly 2006 okay. and um, been here ever since. With that, it became, okay, yo, this is a time where I met a lot of just, you know, some lifelong friends and just continue to grow in the Lord, understanding of the church, starting to form convictions ecclesiologically, um, 
uh, soteriologically getting clarity about what the gospel is Mm -hmm. and uh, just in terms of what it means to have those things on mission. And so what became clear was like, yo, I want to help. And just even processing my past in terms of my frustrations with what I experienced at Word of Faith environments and why they're so prevalent, uh, particularly in inner city areas. So this kind of all kind of came to the head of, oh, I want to help. And I knew this was kind of on the back burner, even shortly after I came to the Lord, but it got clearer, clearer and clearer. But when I got to Philly, it was really, oh, I want to help set up a healthy church in an inner city environment. Wow. Uh, I want to I want to play a role in seeing that happen more, and I I, can't, I may not be able to do it in a bunch of places, but at least I want to help start start one. Mm. And so that kind of became the goal from 2006 on. Okay. Um, and uh, 2000, fast forward nine years, I get married, have three kids. Uh, well, I had two kids at the time when the church started, but the baby was in the oven. Amen. Okay. So technically, you're three. <laughs> and uh, 2015, uh, me and my brother Shire, we uh, yeah, I had a first Sunday uh, um, as a constituting congregation um, of Risen Christ Fellowship uh, in Philadelphia. And so we've been, yeah, just trying to plow ahead and wow. make a little bit of fuss about the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it's been a, been a sweet season. Did you do the internship at uh, CHBC in Capitol Hill? I did. I did yeah. that in a 2000. And because the other thing that happened was, so because of the school situation, God used that really providentially just to change my views about Bible college. Mm. And even just like my, where I was coming from socioeconomically, it was like, okay, I ain't about to go into a bunch of debt to learn the Bible because the Lord teaches the Bible for free. So Mm. I was like, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so I was like, yo, if the Lord wants me to learn the Bible more, I can just ask him, he'll give understanding. If he wants me to have, unique training opportunities. I'm just going to ask him to provide those. Yeah. And uh, just in his grace and, 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 and kindness in, in 2013, I was invited to do the, you know, through a bunch of random situations, uh, you know, met Mark and he, he really just, yeah, opened up the, his, his, uh, his ministry to me and invited me to come and learn from him and the saints at, Capitol Baptist Church, and I got to do the internship there. And then after that, I went to North Carolina for a church planning residency. Okay. Um, so there's a church, it's called Imago Day. Uh, Tony Marita, Nate Aiken, uh, Donnie Hollis, Matt Sigmund, they kind of planted a church. I think it was about in 2010. I don't remember what year it was, but I had yeah. met them there a few years in. And uh, I met them right before I was going actually because of the Christmas album, it all comes full circle. All right. I did a, did a concert at their church and that was where I met them as just elders. They had been there for a couple of years and they said, Hey, we, we sense grace on your life and we want to stay connected and you know if there's any ways we can help kind of forward what the Lord might have for you. And so stayed in contact with them throughout the internship. And then they, they very graciously kind of brought me down to North Carolina and said, Hey, we would love to be ascending church to, as part of the work. Let's wow. let us examine you. Let's walk together. And, uh, you know, if, if all things are good, we'd be happy to, to ship you off. Mm. And um, yeah, so, and then that's, that's kind of how it happened. Wow. Fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I was all along. No, that no, no. Whole, that was the whole show. Hey, <laughs> no, roll get, the credits. <laughs> just getting to hear of God's grace in your life, though, man, that's, that's fantastic. So um, praise God. I, I, I marvel at how he moves in, uh, in our lives in so many different ways. So. Um, so cool. Uh, so 
listen, if, if ever you do start the, uh, the career again in hip hop, um, I think you need to change your handle from God's servant to Dr. Joy. Um, because Dr. Joy. <laughs> Cause listen, I think why <laughs> in the world <laughs> uh, I, I probably aren't, aren't going to sell many albums like that, but, um, yeah, but look, um, man. I, I think you I don't might, sell you don't sell many albums called God Servant. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> I I think you are uh, one of the, if not the most uh, joyous people I know. So um, I I hope that's encouraging to you. And uh, it's uh, like the joy of the Lord is um, so obvious in your life. Um, I don't know you. Uh, through and through, uh, but I've been around you a number of times, and and you're the same every time. And so, uh, praise God for your life and uh, mm-hmm. how He evidences His grace in your life through your joy. So, mm-hmm. praise God. So, so let's let's talk about that. I, I know um, this time of year, you mentioned uh, Christmas is approaching. We're a couple of weeks out. Um, if you want to talk about joy to the world, joy to the world, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. So th- there's a lot of joy to be had, uh, this time of year, um, for the Christian, uh, two times of the year, like we just, you know, we, we want to be joyful, uh, 365, but certainly Christmas and Easter, right. There's just so much joy to be <laughs> recognized. Um, but we're, we're approaching Christmas. Wanted to take this opportunity to talk with you. Uh, about this. So uh, foundationally is, would you say that you've always been a joyful person or is this, is this a byproduct of what the Lord has done in your life? Yeah, it's weird. Uh, um, and just for the sake of those who might ever hear this, cause I know that you're assuming it in the statement, but we know that the Lord makes us who we are even before we know him. Uh, even as he remakes us in the the new us, so he's always at work to, you know what I mean? And there's certain things that he um, gives us in seed form that really seems to just be completely blossomed out in uh, our conversion. Mm-hmm. And then there's some things that uh, he gives us that are completely, feels just like different in convert. Like there's like, <laughs> like a, and uh, it's like a weird, like you're trying to process like, who am I? Right. And when did I become this? Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, there's different, there's def- certainly different seasons. You know what I mean? Just as an image bearer, um, knowing joy at times, uh, um, particularly as a child, I was a very rowdy child. Okay. So I've always been loud and obnoxious. So that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's always been a thing. And uh you add sugar to that, that's just going to, you know, right. Seem joyful ish as a child. Uh, so that, that's, that's, that's been me. Um, I think people would have said that I was jolly. Absolutely. Until really my parents, um, separated. So when I, I was 12 or 13, I went super dark. Mm. Uh, so yeah, and it's you. You don't know. Some of this is just you're changing. Your body's changing. Your 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 context is changing, and then you you just your your relational dynamics are changing. Right. And at that point, I went from being a joyful person, primarily, to being a very angry person. Mm. 
uh, with still, but I was still me. You know what I'm saying? So it's still like, I'm, I'm still going to laugh. It's not like my smile went away permanently or my extrovertedness became something different. It wasn't that it was just, it just, it was different in those years. Mm. Um, and when I met the Lord, um, you know, and when, yeah, when he saved me, it just, it was just, it was, it was entirely different. It yeah. wasn't like I was before. It wasn't what it was right before. Um, it was, it's, it, it's its own thing and it was sustained. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the sweet things where it's been like different seasons and different contexts. It's just been a sustained um, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, and um, yeah, it just seems to be a, also people say that to me in terms of uh, that I'm, I, I seem marked by the joy of the Lord. Mm. Um, and I've heard enough times to be able to appreciate it as perhaps a, um, yeah, um, a, a grace that the Lord's, the Lord's bestowed for the encouragement of his people, for yeah. his glory. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm really, really grateful for that. Amen. So yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, yeah, you did. So, <laughs> So is this something that's 24 seven or uh, for you? And and I know it varies for each of us, but do you find that this is just something that, uh, that comes natural as breathing or do you run low on joy from time to time? Yeah. I mean, man, I, I, I smile and laugh in my sleep. I think, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's, it's always, um, I think there's, it's, it's, people have so many different kind of processes of sure. joy sure. and, um, and so many definitions of it. Right. Um, but I don't, and so it kind of depends on what kind you mean. Um, I'm not always smiling. Uh, I, 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 uh, I've walked, I've walked in shadows and in valleys and, um, have had dark nights of the soul. Mm. Um, my, my sin and my pride and, um, my own perversion is, uh, you know, in contemplation of it, you know, has a tendency to, rid the face of smiles. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, so there's, I I wouldn't say it's, 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 it's always, I I would say it it does seem, um, more there than not. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, so I know some saints where joy seems to be, something they, they experience primarily just through faith. Um, and they don't get to have um, a large dosage of the already and what's to come in yeah. terms of their personal experience. Right. Um, I've, uh, I feel like I, I, I get to enjoy joy um, regularly. Yeah. It's really grateful for that. 
Well, um, sitting under your preaching and just seeing you interact with your people um, at uh, at RCF, like I, I've noticed, it, it seems like you have married uh, a seriousness, um, but but your joy seems to come across in just this overwhelming confidence in who the Lord is and and what He. Uh, has done, is doing, and will do. Um, and so, yeah, you have you have somehow married those two things, like a, a, a certain seriousness about God and His Word, um, but also you just seem to be able to exude this confidence in the Lord, and 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 that comes across as joy. And so, uh, yeah, so. Um, I think that, uh, that that certainly encourages your people. I know it has me as a, as a bystander and uh, someone who's just a, a casual observer of you as a pastor of your flock mm-hmm. and in a conference situation uh, that, that I've mm-hmm. seen you in uh, and interacting with other saints. Um, so, yeah, I want to be careful. And in, in for those that listen to this, uh, you're right. I, I think people have many different definitions of joy and, and uh you know, how's joy different from happiness? And we could get into all that, but, mm. um, but yeah, for me, it doesn't, joy doesn't necessarily, uh, mean that you're always going to be giggling and smiling. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, because I, I think again, I've said it a couple of times, but, but I think it, it just comes across as confidence in God. Mm. And I, I love that. And so, yeah, you, for me, yeah, you don't have to be joy. You don't have to be smiling, uh, to be joyful. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as you know, the topic of joy runs throughout the old and new testaments. Um, and I'm struck as, as I was just preparing for our talk, I was struck by the prophets and apostles continual exhortations to be joyful, uh, given the fact that mankind sinned against the Holy God. Um, and in, in doing so that brought down the wrath of God on us, um, on mankind. So why is it that you believe God offers us joy when it seems like the natural thing would, would be fear? Uh, the natural thing would be to be afraid of him. Certainly we are to fear the Lord, but, but, uh, he offers us joy rather than, um, the, the mindset of being afraid. So what does this tell you about the character of God? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's a good question. Um, and in one sense, I think it's only truly understood when those are both mer- married together, right? When you have the, you know, the joy of the Lord uh, sprouting from the fear of the Lord, mm. uh, not as a judge, uh, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? It's that reverence and awe. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so, I think one of the things that it most fundamentally communicates is that God is, is someone to be enjoyed. Mm. Uh, so mm. that he is the, he is all satisfying and the fruit of being satisfied is joy. And so even what he, he intends to do, what he intended to give in creating us um, and then bringing us to himself is to satisfy us with joy. Mm. Um, um, to be with him is to be in his presence where there's fullness of joy. Amen. Uh, and in his right hand's pleasures forevermore. And then that's what's that's what intimacy with God is described as. So that's you know that 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 is um, 
just a wonderful incentive uh, and encouragement and reality that to know the Lord, to know the Lord is like, is a, is a wonderful thing. Right. Like it's, right. A, it's an eternally wonderful thing, Amen. you know? And uh, yeah, the blessedness of, of knowing the Lord. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's at least one thing it communicates and, and the fear to, to fear him uh, is what, keeps that or gives context to that. Um, mm. When I say fear, I don't mean in terms of being afraid of as judge. I just mean, you know, right. to rightly acknowledge who he is. I mean, to when you think about God in his magnificence and in his excellencies, right? In his holiness and in his goodness um, and in his, uh, his, his justice and his righteousness and his graciousness and his mercy uh, and his, overflowing, abounding in steadfast loveness. Uh, and you think through the invitation to come be united to him just forever. You know, you're talking about, a, you're talking about power and purity of degrees that is um, like this, yeah, it's terrifyingly beautiful mm. with a confidence that, and in the scenario he's setting up, it will be of no harm to us, but only to our happiness. Right. And that's just like, I mean, you know, that's, that's the most ideal scenario ever <laughs> to be with the, you know, the, the exact, you know, himself who was the perfection of beauty. Right. right. And um, to get to commune with him and know what that's going to be like. Sometimes you, I, even you talk about conversation we never going to have, you, you're always like, you don't know what it's going to be like. Uh, right. uh, it's like people talk about blind dates before. You almost said you with somebody and the person who's going to go on them is always nervous about not knowing what it's going to be like. Right. Um, and even when you got to meet somebody, that's a kind of the, the, the stress of it. It's just like, man, is this, what is it going to be like? But God just told us like what it's going to be like to know him in the fullness of knowing him mm. uh, to be, you know, to fully know, even as we've been fully known, it's, it's going to be full joy, fullness mm. of it. Mm. Uh, um, and that's, and that's just ridiculously encouraging. Amen. That's so good. So good. Yeah. I think about Adam and Eve, they were created to enjoy the good creation, to enjoy God, uh, sin that they brought upon themselves and in, in the creation caused them to run afraid of judgment. Right. Um, and, and that caused them to hide. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, to think about, you're right. And that, that's so helpful to think about God's original intent uh, was enjoyment and uh, yeah. to enjoy him and what he had given them. Uh, that's very helpful. Um, Jesus, let, let's talk about him. Uh, so he... Uh, I've been talking about him. James. You have been <laughs> talking about, about Jesus. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, go so, no, so, so he was a serious man, right? Um, we, we see him uh, expressing emotions other than joy throughout scripture. Um, we see him crying. Uh, we see him exasperated. Uh, and yet, uh, I, and, and so one of, one of the concerns I carry as a pastor is that people misunderstand who Jesus is. Uh, and, and they look at those passages and, and think he's straight-laced, uh, you know, this uh, ascetic, 
um, no, no fun kind of guy. And, and yet we know uh, that, that Jesus himself um, was the ultimate expression of joy. Um, he was and is um, the definition of joy. And so um, from the first mention of the incarnation, in Luke's gospel, and this comes first full circle with us, uh, you know, here at Christmas time, um, the angel's proclamation of Jesus' birth to the shepherds in the field was this, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. So the angels go on to worship God and a couple verses later, they say this glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Mm. Um, so the angels tell the shepherds that they should not be afraid. And the reason is because they come with good news of great joy. Yeah. And there's a connection between joy and peace with God. Um, so based on this connection between joy and peace revealed by the angels, can we say that joy in the Lord is the antidote for fear? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, in some measure, sure. It, it goes back into what kind of fear are we talking about? We're talking about fear of condemnation. Yeah. Right? Um, you, and you have, and this is why it's all kind of summarized in the love of God, uh, as, you know, as John puts it, right? Uh, perfect love casts out fear, right? Yeah. Uh, fear has to do with judgment. Um, and I think you have, yeah, this category where if we're authentically, uh, mindful that what we most deserve is the judgment of God mm. or that our biggest problem is our sin yeah, and that we're entirely helpless against it. And that this means necessarily that we are going to be held accountable by this holy, powerful, just God for the ways that we have rebelled against him, that we have dishonored him, that we've used what he's given us to enjoy him with, to actually use to dishonor him with. And that that is going to just produce uh, endless times of weeping. It's uh, It makes me think of uh, Psalm 90, right? Who considers uh, his wrath, uh, right? It says, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you, right? <laughs> the the our, our span is but toil and trouble they fly away right it, it passes away like a sigh mm-hmm. um for all our days pass away under your wrath we bring our years to an end like a sigh so you have this yeah this is what it is just to be under the the sinfulness of of man and to know that that means a a, a date with with uh you know the judgment of god mm. Which does not produce any rejoicing like mm. that's the that's the most removal of joy thought period there's nothing that evaporates joy more than contemplation on the deserved wrath of god wow. uh, at least there's nothing that should yeah. right we other things might take our and this is what's so wrong about when a believer's joy might dip so much because a circumstance has adjusted but the biggest things have been taken care of wow and so but we think about the largeness of God's wrath and the eternality of it and the terror of it and the deservedness of it. It's not just that we're getting something that we don't deserve. It's that we're getting exactly what we do deserve. 
uh, this produces sighing, this produces longing, this produces sorrow, this, this rids us of any grounds to have any delight and joy. But then you enter this, you know, uh, <laughs> the good news herald who says, hey, <laughs> right. banging a, a spoon on a pan that says, yo, listen up. <laughs> right. I got some news for you uh, of great joy, uh, mm. uh, that there's peace. God has moved to bring peace. Mm. Um, and certainly there's no no greater rejoice. I mean, just consider if, if we were on the brick of of war with, with, with a nation that was far superior to us in every conceivable way. Right. They had more warriors. They had more weapons. They had more might. And it was all aimed at us. And it's coming on us. It's, it's, it's impending on us. We know it's about to happen. Doom Day is happening tomorrow morning. Right. And then at 11.55, the newsman comes on and says, terms of peace has just been negotiated. <laughs> like, you're talking about selling. Like, that sigh right. gets completely converted into mm. celebration mm. uh that sorrow converted into joy right that fear replaced with peace uh yeah. and i i think that's the kind of relationship that's being you know obviously in view there and the effect it's intended to have like yeah. yo this is time to legitimately get excited because right. what is most eternally significant for all of you has has just been provided and mm. it has secured the pathway of joy for all of his people eternally um, and you know, not just some joy, great joy. You know what mm. I mean? So I, and this is even some, you know, 90 gets down to that, right? Uh, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we might rejoice and be glad all our days, right? Mm. This idea that it's a steadfast love and what a steadfast love has done for us, that when we're satisfied by the way that God has shown his love for us, uh, in these significant uh, in eternal ways. What it produces, what it ought to produce is a sustained rejoicing and gladness mm. uh, in what the Lord has done. That's so good. So let's, let's say someone's listening who, um, not a, not a follower of Christ. Uh, maybe they have misplaced joy. Um, they, for whatever reason have not gotten the news that there is impending doom, right? That, 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 that nation is rising up against them, has all the weapons, has all the might, has all the power and uh, is coming hard and heavy against them. Speak to that person about misplaced joy who, who may not be um, mindful of the fact that they are under the law and as such should fear God. Did you just share the gospel and then ask me to share the gospel? <laughs> right after you said I, think, I think we're doing right. a double um, double share. Yeah, well, it's I mean, it, cause it's it's complicated because this is why Jesus tells people, you know, I mean, unless you're born again, you cannot see the the kingdom of God. Uh, it, because really, one of the evidences of God's wrath is that someone is completely content and joyfully satisfied without Him. Mm. Uh, we know that that's not actually true, right? That's just a facade. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know the SWAT team. That's the that's the drug dealers just enjoying their spoil right before the SWAT team kicks the doors down and flies through the windows and takes everybody to jail. Sure. Uh, but five minutes before that, they were having a party. Yeah. And that's what it's like being sinners. We're we're, we're kind of we're just drugged into our own party in our own sin, thinking that we're above God's law. Mm. Uh, uh, literally, we know that the the house is surrounded. God knows exactly where we are. He mm. knows exactly what we've done. The case has been made. Uh, the judgment secure. 
And just because someone doesn't feel sad now does not mean they won't feel sad forever. Wow. There's just really no relationship between that at all. Mm. Um, one, one of my favorite passages about this particular thing that speaks to it with the most clarity is Psalm 16.4, right? The sorrows who run after another God will multiply. Yeah. So the, the trajectory of someone being without the Lord is just multiplied sorrows. Mm. That's, that's what it is. This is why Jesus has used the language I think he did to communicate, uh, you know, the, the outer darkness, gloom, weeping, gnashing of teeth, um, uh, the, the smoke of their torment, right, going up forever. Mm. There's, there's this, there's this a sadness. There is a, a severe and sustained sadness uh, for all the people who have rebelled against the Lord in their sin. And one of the signs of someone actually being headed that way is that they just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so one of the things we're, we're, we're trying to talk with somebody who doesn't know the Lord is just uh, asking them to see beyond what they see. And that's mm-hmm. why it's such a supernatural work yeah. for someone to hear that angel with the pot and pan, like, actually yeah. hear that as oh snap <laughs> uh, that's good news uh um you know that's why the the invitation even jesus made to those who are wearied by their sin uh is so specific because some people are just enjoying their sin yeah. and unwearied by it and it's not until you hear what the consequences of sin are it just kind of bounces off people it's like skittles being thrown at a war tank it just doesn't penetrate anything uh, but for those who God is working on, it's an arrow that goes straight through the flesh, right? Mm. It, it pierces right to the heart and it cuts them open to know that, oh, snap, this sin that I've been enjoying uh, is going to cost me eternal joy in the most enjoyable one. And so all we can do at that point is just lay before them the reality of sin, what God says it is, yeah. uh, that it's the yeah, mismanagement of his resources and in, in, in assault against him, right? You're, you're taking what he's giving you to, to actually understand him with, and you're perverting it to use against him. And the consequences of that will not be sidestepped. You can't hide them, but he intends to bring the full force of consequence on all who have sinned against him. And for anybody who hears that and is bothered by that, who mm-hmm. believes that uh, the, the nation is stronger than them, their weapons are stronger than them, and they're aimed at them, yeah. uh, that's, where the, that's where you have the, the, the sweet good news of, but it don't got to end that way for you. Amen. Uh, you know, this is where somebody, before they bust the door down in the windows, somebody gives a knock on the door and says, hey, if you come with me, right, right. <laughs> we'll drop all the charges and I'll take you to somewhere else to live mm. in a land of paradise uh, mm. because someone has loved you and paid for you Wow, uh, and risen for you. And so we're just trying to help people appreciate that what they experience is not what's most true. Yeah. Um, but that God's word is more accurate to reality than their particular feelings. Yeah. Um, but Jesus has just told us ahead of time. Yeah. If, if, unless God gives them feelers and unless he gives them eyes, uh, unless he gives them that nervousness about their sin, it will not be had. Cause we're just so dead in our sin. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but that love, man, that love pierces through all of that, right? The communication that God has so loved us that he sent his only son, uh, that whoever believes in him, Whoever comes to see that, whatever, however much bad they have, however much mess they got happening on in their life, however much sin that they've committed against the Lord, however much rebellion they have participated in against him, he's willing to forgive it all uh, because he has punished his son for all those who have trusted him. So mm-hmm. we, we, we can then invite everyone 
you know, to those who have been alerted and arrested mm. by the reality of their sin, we can then introduce them uh, to just the refreshing pool of forgiveness that is provided in the blood of Christ um, that has no um, barriers to anybody from where they're from or what they did, uh, but that is an open invite to all who turn from sin Amen. and come to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that they get to yeah, be saved and uh, enter into his joy. And Jesus says, the reason he tells us to people is so that they can trade in that counterfeit joy they have mm. and have his own, right? Mm. These things I tell you so that my joy would be in you. So that your joy, Jesus says, if you're after joy, you're actually after joy in sin and sin doesn't bring you joy. It just brings you something you think is joy that actually turns into poison mm. and that will kill you. But he has actual, real, potent, eternal joy. Uh, and that's what he's offering people, uh, a better, superior, everlasting joy in himself. So Brian, we, we read in Paul's letter uh, to the Galatians um, that joy is actually a fruit of the Spirit. So um, let, let's talk. You're, you're a pastor. Um, you deal with people of all stripes. You, you, you pastor uh, people who have unbearable uh, weight upon them because of sickness or uh, circumstances in life. So I know that uh, everybody in your congregation is not um, exuding joy 24 seven. So including the pastor, including the pastor. So yeah. how, how do you pastor your people? And, and, and I'm hoping people listening uh, can be encouraged by this. So how do you pastor uh, the, the sheep in the congregation that you've been charged with uh, in times that they are not joyful? Uh, so these, these people, these are brothers and sisters in Christ, right? They're just not experiencing the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really challenging question because there's a lot of reasons to that. Right. Yeah, so, right. Um, so is it sin? Right. And some of this gets into, you trying to get diagnostic answers, yeah. right? Like, uh, is it sin? Sin is going to rid somebody of joy mm. uh, straight up. Is it suffering? Suffering provokes a kind of sorrow. And even while we can be ever rejoicing in it, yeah. It's it's in waves. Mm. Uh, and even the psalmist anticipates this, right? In Psalm 30, right? Weeping endures for the night, right? And then joy doesn't come until the morning. So mm. there's a there's a there's a cycle experientially to that. Um uh some of it's gonna be constitution. Uh um Spurgeon uh talked about uh people who had little factories uh, in their heart for creating fearful imaginations. <laughs> mm. Mm. And when there was nothing in of itself to give them fear, they would be quick to make one. Uh, wow. And that's a, that's a legit constitution that, that some of the saints have. Uh, there's, you know, th those that the older guard would have called the despondent ones. Um, uh, those who are, perpetually afflicted. Uh, so not just talking about like a, a thing of suffering, but like, let's say just ailments, sustained ailments. Yeah. Those bring their own temptation. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that are just of little, little faith, but still genuine. Mm. Uh, I mean, still genuine. And at the end of the day, um, 
I think one of the things we want to have over the banner over, over everybody is our experience is not the cause of our justification. Mm. Um, so the cause of our justification is that we have been brought by divine grace to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that that's why that, 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 um, that doxology in Jude is so precious to everyone mm. that he is able to keep us from stumbling wow. and to present us before his presence with exceeding gladness and great joy. So Amen. in one sense, the experience of the saints will all be the same on that day. Yeah. So everybody's going to be super duper happy and joyful in glory. Yeah. And that's guaranteed. It's going to be the shared experience. And we ought to all be aimed at that even now. Um, and so we want to have flagged as wrong what actually is wrong. Um, and so it's going to depend on what somebody's going through or what season they're in. You're going to kind of process that a lot differently. Yeah. Um, uh, sin affects everything. Uh, sin affects everything. Some people's feelings, uh, uh, in the, in the damage and corruption that sin has brought into the world, uh, that is on a kind of macro level, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Things die, everything dies. Um, that's going to be on a very uh, intimate micro level, even in terms of our own personal lives. Everything about us has been touched by sin mm. and is corrupted by sin. There is nothing uh, that is of us that is left untouched by sin. This is our thoughts, this is our feelings. Uh, this is going to be how we process, you know, the situations, the situations we encounter is going to be touched by sin mm. just by virtue of it being in a world touched by sin and being the byproduct of other people's sin, not to mention our own. So everything's going to be touched by sin. So our emotions are not able to have a perfect response to every scenario. Right. Um, and it's not always clear what a perfect emotional response to every scenario even is. Uh, and so that's why it's like, I know that, 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 that question, it cannot just be simply answered. This is all preface. Right? Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, so that, that's all preface. Um, so I think what we want to do is we want to find out where all the saints are. Mm. And then you want to do that, that Thessalonians work. You want to admonish the idol. Mm. You want to help the weak. You want to encourage the faint-hearted, and you want to be patient with them all. Mm -hmm. uh, no matter where everyone is, they all ought to be rejoicing in the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I like that John Newton, in writing on Philippians, right, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I will say rejoice. He says, Paul commands us all, without any exemptions, to say rejoice in the Lord always. Mm -hmm. And he says, as if he knew we were about to answer uh, with, with, with something that would bid an exception. He says, and again, I say <laughs> rejoice. Uh, so that, that leaves no window for wow. any kind of, uh, exemption. And I think that's a, a sweet thing. I think that's true. We all need to be called to rejoice. And even as you brought up Christmas and Easter being just kind of randomly joyful seasons, I don't think it's, 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 it's a surprise that at a time when everyone's thinking about Jesus more, there's just more joy. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly correct. Uh, <laughs> and part of our problem is uh, we think about Jesus very poorly mm -hmm. or we're limited in how we can even think about Jesus. So I was sharing with even, we were supposed to record this last week. Mm -hmm. I had a nine day headache. Mm -hmm. uh, seven of those were in, 
like, you know, increasing the degrees of tints. The last two are a lot softer, but mm. it's hard. You can't, you can't. Now, again, headaches are a result of the fall. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, you can't tell the headache just to go away, right? <laughs> it's there. Right. Uh, so here you are trying to think about Jesus and you're just like, you're getting punched in your head. Mm. Um, and those are just, those are part of living in a fallen world. Yeah. So that doesn't mean we don't say rejoice in the Lord. We do want to still say rejoice in the Lord. Mm. Just knowing that we're going to be limited in how we can respond to that. But yeah. that doesn't mean we can be limited in our faith and belief in that. And that's why the the, the great metric for how a saint is doing uh, in this Christian life is going to be the operation of their faith. Mm. Uh, uh, obviously, when I say the, the great metric, I don't mean above and beyond what God has promised them or what God has secured for them or what God's sustaining in them. Right. If we're looking, talking about maturity, like how are they themselves working out what God is working within them? We want to have a conversation just about faith. That's how the righteous live. They live yeah. by faith. And if we're not mm-hmm. firm in faith, we won't be firm at all. So I'm wanting to listen to that person whose feelings just aren't there, but who says, but I know the Lord is rejoice worthy and I desire to rejoice in him. And so with every fiber of being I can, that is consistent with that aim, I am directing towards rejoicing in the Lord. Mm. And I'm like, praise the Lord. That might be more authentic rejoicing than someone like me, who's so naturally jovial, it would seem. Yeah. It seems, oh man, you just seem always happy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I could just be internally just hating everything that's happening and it wouldn't be as visible. Whereas this person who's mustering up all their energy to raise their hands mm. and celebrating the goodness of the Lord, mm. you know, the, the Lord sees those things and he receives those things. And uh, I was actually yeah. recently talking with a, a person at a church who, who who wrestles in this particular way and just trying to talk to them about the widow <clears throat> where you have the disciples. They're, they're just really hyped that the Pharisees or the, the rich are given these big checks and Jesus just, just wants all their attention to go to the little widow with the two coins. Mm-hmm. In the large scheme of things, no one would notice the two coins. Uh, you have budget meetings at your church. You know, you don't pay attention to how many cents are there. Uh, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, at all. Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares what's in those, those that sense category. Like, right. at all. Right. Except for the Lord. The mm. Lord cares. Amen. Because if this is somebody's only two quarters, uh, then yeah. God's and everybody else is out of their surplus. He's like, those two quarters is the biggest offering we got wow. this year. Yeah. And similarly, we, we want to process people's living by faith that way. Well, mm. yeah, they may not be smiling they may not be joyful and i do think joy is intended to be physically expressed sure but we think through all the limitations we physically have we, we should not assume that just because someone's smiling more they're more joyful that's good um and we don't know what you know what somebody had to do to get to church that day mm. just to sing the songs or they're 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 they're, they're writing a check to give to the work of ministry mm. even though a season of life has been really hard for them yeah and they've been with a lot of lies that the Lord has overlooked them and they know it's not true and they know that he's worthy and he's worthy of everything they have. And so despite just how they feel, they're still here. They're still rejoicing in the Lord. They're still praying. They're still receiving the word, seeking to grow. They're still kind of giving um, just cheerfully. Like, you know what? God is worthy of this. Mm. I'm like, man, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mature saint. Wow. Um, that's a very mature saint. That's even so though good. it might be differently. So I, Every single person is so different sure. and they are a combination of so many different factors. Mm. And while there are very general truths that must be saying over us all and very general exhortations that must be given to us all, ex- ex- rejoice in the Lord always. 
And I think general corrections that we all need. Again, I've never met someone overly joyful. I've, I think every single saint, without exception, I've ever met in my life has the unfortunate habit of taking their eyes off Jesus and focusing on their circumstances too much. And they would experience more joy if they actually thought about Jesus more. Mm. doesn't mean it's going to like overtake them like in you know, tremendous ways. But the more we think about Jesus rightly, yeah. uh, the more that well, that wow. fruit of the Holy Spirit, I think, pops out. It might just be a little pop for some people. It right. might be a, a pineapple-sized fruit. Yeah. Uh, some people might be a little grape, a little grape of joy. But praise the Lord, he receives the grape of joy and the pineapple of joy. Um, and it's all from his spirit. So yeah. I think there's just a lot to be said in that particular category. That's great. No, that's so helpful. So as, as we land this joy plane, let me, let me ask you one other question. Joy uh, Airlines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or is that Spirit Airlines? Sp- well, oh, uh, hey, I like it. I like it. If you ever read uh, Spirit, you would not enjoy Airlines. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard about it. I've heard. So, uh, is it, by the way, they're a sponsor of this podcast. So, uh, we, I'm just, I'm teasing. <laughs> Spirit Airlines, if you would like to, uh, if you would like to throw a reclamation worship. We'd love to out. talk to you about the true source of joy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That, that that what you call the spirit. <laughs> Let us tell you who you worship as spirit, who truly is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so thinking about Romans twelve one and two, and Paul's exhortation for us to live lives of worship. Mm-hmm. What are the connections between a life of worship to God and our joy? So you you may have touched on some of that in the in the last answer. Great answer. Uh, but any thoughts about joy proper, and a life of worship. So you're starting to realize what we were talking about before this, that long-windedness. You ain't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like an eight-part <laughs> um, Yeah, a life of worship and joy. Well, I mean, I mean, he says in verse 12, right? One of the fruits, one of the ways this looks is rejoicing in hope, right? Mm. Mm. Um, and so... Yeah, it's 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 worship. It's a, it's it's a. In in John fifteen, when Jesus is telling them to abide in Him, and He's anticipating all the hardship they're going to go through, mm-hmm. and He tells them that they need to keep His commands. They need to keep prayerful. Mm-hmm. He he closes that with, "I'm I'm telling you this for your joy, mm-hmm. that you'll have my joy." Wow. Um, and so that's. A life of trial is not intended to be a life without joy mm. um, uh, because we have the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and if we have the Lord, we truly have an abiding cause, as that Luke passage read earlier says, for great joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is what Paul was, was right with the Corinthians. Listen, I'm not, I'm not lording this over you. This is not just a list of things just to tell you what to do. Talk about worship, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm I'm working for your joy, mm. and your joy is connected. Even that phrase in Second Corinthians is, is kind of weird, uh, right? Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. For you stand firm in your faith. Yes. Yeah. Getting into what the clearest kind of explanation of the sentence is. What's very clear he's saying is, my efforts are to develop and encourage your experience of joy, which is connected to your faith. Mm. Uh, so even you think through when God's calling us to worship him, we must understand he is calling us to 
a joyful life, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's calling us to a tribulation-free life, right? Right, right. Um, but this is why that the, the, the psalmist was able to say that the, the summary of the man who walks in the law of the Lord is blessed mm-hmm. uh, or happy. Mm-hmm. The, the man of Psalm 1 is the blessed man. Amen. And similarly, the worshipful man ought to be the rejoicing man. And this is why even in the section of Romans, you, you, know, you know, at chapter 15, which I, I think is just a dope summary of it all, right? Is yeah. may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Mm-hmm. There it is again, this idea of joy and believing. Yeah. Uh, and it being connected with the peace we have uh, wow. and the peace. These are supposed to be experienced so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you might abound in hope. And this is where we get rejoice in hope that he brought, brings over in chapter 12. The saint is not supposed to be kind of this uh, little squirt gun of joy, mm. uh, even though experientially, that's what we most regularly feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We feel we're under this, 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 this torrential downpour of trial. And all we get to shoot back up is this little squirt gun of joy, like you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but here he's he, he he's calling for the saints. He understands God's will is for them to be abundant, abounding in this hope, like mm-hmm. overflowing in it. We're supposed to be having pushing back in waves. Uh, wow. Um, and and that's going to be directly connected to what we're believing. What we're believing. Uh, which is going to be expressed in how we're living, which is what the concern of, 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 of Romans 12 is, right? Yeah. By the mercies of God, then living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, holy and acceptable to God, uh, be it a pleasing aroma to him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be your spiritual worship. This is what's reasonable. And the, the conclusion is so that by testing, you might discern what the will of God is, that what's good and acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. And if you put good, acceptable, and perfect into a blender, uh, you were to drink it, right? right? One of the flavor profiles that would be resting on your tongue is joy uh, in good. what's good, what's acceptable, and what is perfect. Mm-hmm. And this was the great motivator for the Lord Jesus. No one experienced greater trial than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yet his eyes were fixed just on joy, uh, right? Yeah. Um, as we're told, it was... A, it was <laughs> It got him through some stuff, uh, right. Right. Uh, the joy that was set before him, and it's mm. intended to get us through some stuff now. So even though, which may not be felt here, but we know it's going to be full there, yeah. and that's 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 the flow of the of the text. Is it's 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 giving us foretastes, um, even as it's given us a guarantee, and uh, provides us with the Holy Spirit. And he he's he's producing this fruit that is reminding us and. Uh, requiring us um, and calling us forward to where we will, that will just be all we have. Mm. Um, and uh, that, that, but that can't be disconnected from that life of worship. And mm. so, and, and this is one of the challenges in, in when people, people might tend to lean on, on one side or the other where it's like, Hey, uh, you can't tell people to be joyful because people are going through stuff that's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to crush them with that. And what the consideration in that is, is just an appreciation that there's nights of sorrow. Um, there are sorrow, even if you're always rejoicing, you know, it's, there's, there's true sorrow. Uh, yeah. Jesus wept. Uh, Jesus was sweating drops of blood. He wasn't, you know, 
giggling and laughing in the garden of Gethsemane. He mm -hmm. said his soul was, 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 uh, was weighed down, mm -hmm. uh, troubled. And so, uh, we, we want to make sure that we, we, we have a, an answer that anticipates that the regular experience of the people of God there. The other one is for someone to say on the other end, you know, uh, uh, it's like, uh, what was it? The joint with Tom Hanks, the women's league, the, the baseball joint, oh, yeah, what was it yeah, called? Yeah. uh, field of dream, not field of dreams. Um, yeah, ah. league, something league, it was something league. Yeah. And, uh, I know what you're talking about. Are you crying? He really kept, he said, are you crying? There's no crying in baseball. Um, like some people can do that as Christians, right? Are you crying? There's no crying in Christians. Uh, <laughs> And uh, that's not true for all the reasons we just said. Uh, and we know on the last day, glorification is the described, is described at least as the, in the process of our glorification, we have the moment of which God rids all reasons for sorrow, right? Mm. He removes all the residue of it too. All the tears get wiped away. Death will be no more. Neither will be mourning. And so um, those are two things that you, you, you nobody wants to kind of fall into. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I just want to say, we want to, we want to be able to maintain a appreciation for the people of God are, and this is one of the things about a shepherd, as you know, there's so many sheep are in so many different places. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst, and, and being able to say what the Bible tells us to say and trust that it's good medicine. Um, mm. And we may not all respond to it in the most ideal way, um, but by God's grace and by his spirit, he's going to bring true fruit from it. And so we shouldn't be afraid to tell the saints to rejoice in the Lord always Amen. because they should. Yeah. Um, and that sh we want to be able to say that in such a way where that should be the, the kind of mantra of the ministry. Mm. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always, which anticipates and appreciates you will not have reasons in this world. In the world, you will find trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm but be encouraged because he's overcome the world. Amen. Uh, and uh, so we, we, we want to, that's what we're trying to do in ministry is kind of lift everyone's eyes of their souls higher to, to a cause for joy that's sustained and that's steadfast. And that's only going to be found in the Lord Jesus. Um, but he's with us and he's near us and all he is is always for us. And that ought to mean that the saints are always marked uh, with joy. That's so good. Well, that's a great place to end this. And um, Brian, brother, thank you so much. Uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas with your family and your church. Man, I hope you have a Merry Christmas too, brother. Um, I hope I get to see you soon, man. I'd love it. Thank you so I'd much for it. having me. It was a joy. Absolutely. It was a joy. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. You too, brother. <laughs> I'd like to once again thank Brian Davis for coming on Reclamation Worship. What a dear brother, and I'm so thankful for his ministry uh, at Risen Christ Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I uh, want to invite you to visit reclamationworship.com. I will link to Risen Christ Fellowship in the show notes, and uh, take some time to listen to some of Brian's sermons. Uh, this is such a great uh, expositor of the Word of God. Uh, Brian uh, just exhibits what it means to be a faithful preacher. And uh, again, so thankful for him. If you have not been to iTunes, please go to iTunes and subscribe to Reclamation Worship. Also, rate and review Reclamation Worship there at iTunes. We are on Twitter, at Reclamation HQ. We are on Instagram, at Reclamation Worship, and Facebook, at Reclamation Worship. 
Merry Christmas to you and your family. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.